Welcome to Seek Reality with Roberta Grimes. Joyous conversations about what the afterlife evidence and modern science combine to tell us is true about our one reality. You have nothing to fear. You are eternal and you are perfectly loved. Knowing the truth changes everything. Now, here's Roberta. Hello, everyone. Of course, this is Seek Reality. Welcome, welcome. I'm Roberta Grimes, and I'm delighted that you can be with us today. A few months ago, in fact, I think it was probably maybe six months ago, we tend to book six months ahead. I was a guest on a radio program and podcast with someone who is an absolute delight. And we decided right then and there that we had to do this again, and I would interview her, and now we're going to do that. First, I want to just mention to you something which is very important to me. I love doing this work, but one of the things I love most about it, if not the thing I love most, is all the wonderful friends I make in the field of afterlife research and education. The people are what are important to me. I've met in the course of doing this research and sharing these truths so many, many beautiful people, and they're they're. Many of them are devoting their whole lives to one relatively narrow area of what is a gigantic, gigantic story and, and a glorious one. But uh, they're, they're so focused on that one puzzle piece that what they're doing is putting together a gigantic, complex matrix of the truth and it's coming to get in my lifetime i've seen it come together so much and that thrills me um and i'm very very grateful to all of those people as we know reality is not material and reality is extremely much more complex than our very limited earth minds really can comprehend but that doesn't mean we can't come up with ways to approach it and we're doing that now of course The people who listen to Seek Reality are some of those wonderful people. I appreciate so much that you do join us and you listen. And if you have questions, I hear from you. I mean, I feel as if we're friends. And that makes this this conversation kind of fun when I I get to see all my friends again. Many of them are the guests, too, that I I have met, some of whom have been with us repeatedly. And I'm just very grateful, frankly, that I get to have so many wonderful, wonderful friends. And Laura and I really bonded when we talked six months ago on her program, so I'm really happy to have her today. She's a celebrity psychic, and she's done a lot of major media. I'm really impressed. And she's now, believe it or not, in pre-production for a television series about her work. Wow. She's a clairvoyant, a psychic medium, a writer, an actress. Oh, my goodness. I could never do that. A model, even a producer, a writer, singer, and speaker. So she does a lot of things I could never dream of doing. And since Since childhood, Laura has seen and sensed ghosts and spirits, and she's learned over time how to manage those realms that we don't even really access near most of us. And now she's using all her experience, everything she's learned, everything she can do to help others to better understand and change their own lives. And we're going to hear about that today. Welcome, Laura. I'm so glad you're finally here. Yay. Thank you. It's such a pleasure to connect with you and your listeners today. Well, I, I, let's, we, we're going to talk, Laura has a book, and we'll talk about that a little bit at the end, but mostly I would like to talk about Laura, because many people ask me about mediums, about psychics. There are, it, it seems to be almost genetic, and it, it starts in childhood for people who really have the gift, and it can make them feel like weird children, and that's one of the things that happened to Laura. Laura, do you have ancestors who have, have also had the gift? 
So yes, it definitely runs in my family. That said, I think it's really strong with me. And uh, though this does run in the family, what I've gathered from having discussions with my mom and, and some others in the family is that it's more subtle and so therefore was easier to not focus on. But with me, it was so strong that there was really no ignoring it uh, when I was growing up. And then later into adulthood, it was just like really in my face. Um, so yeah, it does run in the family, but I do think that I got it from both sides and it's just extra strong with me. When it comes from both sides is when it's the strongest. I, I know some of the very best mediums and in every case they had it on both sides. It's like they couldn't escape it. But as we know, there are no accidents and, and they were, this is a gift that they had chosen to be able to use in this lifetime. And that's true of you too. But you didn't know that when you were a little kid. So how did it feel to be a psychic child? Yeah, you know, I I knew that I was different. I, I remember looking around and feeling like I was different, even almost like an alien. It's kind of how it felt like. Yeah, I oh remember, my. Yeah, just looking around and just thinking like, I am not like everyone else here. And I didn't, it wasn't even something that I really understood exactly what that was about. It was just this feeling like I am different and I'm also very observant. So when I saw and sense ghosts, for example, which I, what I saw since I was a young age, I, I could tell by other people's reactions that they didn't see them. So I knew that that at least was different. And I did, for a period of time, I actually thought that maybe I was crazy because other people didn't yes. see what I did. Yeah. So you would, you would see somebody or something and maybe point to it or when you were very small and people would not see it and they'd think you were um, weird? Or, or did you not yeah. talk about it? I mean, because I, you... Mm -hmm. I just, that was the sense I got from reading reading what, what, what I read the, the introduction to your book so I would be able to talk to you about this. You, you, you just kept it to yourself. Yeah, I kept it to myself. And it's funny because I do work with a lot of um, you know parents and their children. And this is actually more common than you might expect. I think a lot of parents think, oh, if my child experienced something, they would tell me. And a lot of times they don't. And, and because I'm observant, because I saw and sensed, Unless I, I was confused about it, I didn't bring it up. But there were times when um, it was confusing. For example, I, I, in many ways, was like the kid in The Sixth Sense where I, I saw earthbound spirits or ghosts, but couldn't always tell that they were ghosts, meaning sometimes they appeared very solid to me. So that was the part that was confusing. If, wow. I, if I could tell that other people weren't seeing it, then I... You know, I wouldn't bring it up, but I had like, for example, one time I called the cops on a, on a ghost because I thought there was an intruder in the house and then the cops came, guns drawn and everything. Oh, and no. yeah, it was so embarrassing. And there was kid. like, everything was locked from the inside and that, you know, it was at that point that I, I realized what had happened. Um, but yeah, I, I, I just kept it to myself because I, I just, on the very least, it, knew I was different, and on the uh, more extreme side, I thought that maybe I had mental illness. Oh, that's terrible. What would you, <laughs> what would you tell, now, I, I mean, I have grandchildren, and one of them in particular, um, uh, clear, they, I think they all saw their grandmother, who was, you know, around me, um, but they, re one of them really did, and she would do things like say, can grandma come um, uh, you know, when we're going in the car when she was like a year and a half or Aww. something. And, and, and we always said, sure, and Grandma got to come. But what would, what would you tell a parent who said to you, my child said this or that, and they're seeing things. What would you say to them? I would say just to acknowledge it and, and um, just to inquire if it's, you know, did it feel friendly or not friendly? And, and I think based on, on that, whether... Um, the presence is, you know, a spirit in the light or maybe not, that, that that would dictate how to 
to answer the child. And if it feels friendly, then I'd say there's nothing wrong. And just to uh, help them feel comfortable with that. And, and if, if wherever they feel scared, just to let them know that they have access to angels and, you know, loved ones on the other side that can help them to feel safe. Many people are not as open as you and I, let's face it. Yeah. If, if this happens in a family where they're not open and they say to you, how do I get it to stop? A, would we, should we try to stop it for the child? And B, how? Well, I, I really recommend not trying to stop it because I feel like whatever our gifts and abilities are, they're for a reason. And if you try to block it, it can actually create other problems for me. So when I, I did try to block it, actually. So uh, when I was in college, I had some pretty intense experiences. And at that time, it was different. You know, it's it's much more developed and easier to find information with the Internet now, teachers and whatnot. But I didn't really oh, have... Sure any people in my circle that were like a natural teacher for me in this area. And when I told my parents that eventually, which is that's what happened is it was in college, you know, they didn't really have much to offer me in terms of tips or tools or resources. Cause it was just out of their area. Right. And so, um, I tried to block it out and, and, uh, did successfully block it out in the sense that I stopped seeing and sensing things, but it was all still there energetically interacting with me. And then I became very sick and, I think that can happen with, with people if they if they block it. They're essentially oh. blocking a part of their body and they can develop yeah. illness. So I really don't recommend it, not just from a spiritual perspective, but also because it can actually generate illness. So I'm assuming most parents don't want that for their children. That it's no, no. I mean, we want, <laughs> we want it to be the best it could be. But um, yeah. so, so should, should a child who, I mean, Grace outgrew grandma, but... Children who don't, you know, who still seem to be seeing and interacting with people who really aren't there in the in the body, should should those children get counseling of some sort? And how would they go about doing that? You know, potentially counseling could help. I would say if if there's a counselor that's open to this stuff, if if there's a counselor that's not open, it can actually think, you know, might be more challenging. Oh yeah. Yeah. Thankfully, there are, um, you know, some that are. In fact, one of the books that was really helpful for me was a book um, written by a, a psychiatrist and psychic, Dr. Judith Orloff. So if you've never heard of her, she's great because she's both a psychiatrist and a psychic. And it helped me really understand that you can be yes. logical and scientific and understand this. Um, but actually, there's a lot of great uh, training classes for kids, psychic development and intuition training classes for kids. So I think that's a great thing to explore. And also, uh, when kids connect with others that are like them, it can feel a lot less alienated and more comfortable, you know, with whatever their abilities are. Are you a resource for these parents? I mean, should they contact you and you could maybe give them some direction? Absolutely. I work a lot with parents and sensitive children. So I do a lot of remote work, you know, depending on where they are. And then I do know teachers here and there in various locations as well. So yeah, I'd be happy for them to reach out to me and I can assist however I can. We're going to be giving contact information um, toward the end. But let's let's talk about... Uh, uh, the fact that you were getting some very negative entities in your life. I found that interesting. It, sound, it sounded as if they were shadow men who were attacking you because we know that there is such a thing, very low vibration entities who feed on fear, and you had to sense some of these beings were feeding on the fear they engendered in you. Talk about that. 
Yeah, yeah, I think this is um, fairly common. Also, I grew up um, in my early childhood in a situation where there was abuse. And I find, I found just from my experience in talking with other psychics that this can happen. Um, it just kind of opens that door to that low vibrational kind of energy um, when someone is uh, exposed to, to trauma. So whether it's abuse or some kind of physical trauma, it can make that more common. Um, but yes, that happened. I did experience a lot of, you know, what I call dark entities. So beings that are not of the light. So, you know, you can think of an angel as a being of light that's very helpful and has our best in yes. mind. And these beings I describe as like energy parasites. So they feed on yeah. and then propagate fear, anxiety, stress, pain, etc. And, you know, the thing is about empaths and psychics is that they're, they tend to be more easy targets if they don't have protections in place, because all these beings have to do is basically be around and it yes. can trigger and engender fear and anxiety in that person. Yes. And, and, so and that's, I think, what happened too. We're told that if you have these, these abilities, you're, it's like you're a beacon to them, it, actually. Yeah. Yeah, because I think you have a soul, you have a lot of light, and then and then you're easy to impact. So the combination of those two things really does tend to draw them in. And then, you know, what's really important is to learn spiritual boundaries. So, that, you know, growing up, I, I never knew to have them. I didn't even know what they were or, or how to create them. And so, you know, really led for me uh, into my adulthood uh, by finding teachers that helped me understand that. And then there was this huge learning curve. But once I learned that and I learned to call on the angels and beings of light, um, you know, Jesus and other uh, beings that are there to help us, then that was a complete game changer for me. But I just, as a child uh, and growing up, just didn't even know to do that. And so I'm really passionate about helping people understand that if they're suffering from anxiety, because some people will have these things around them and they don't even know it. Like in my case, I'm clairvoyant, so I would see them. But if you're not, let's say you're just empathic and you might just feel a lot of stress and anxiety um, or panic attack for no reason, it's very likely that some of these beings are around. And then it's important to call on angels, Jesus, or, you know, whoever it is that you connect with in terms of light beings that can help you protect you and clear them away. Wow. So this is something w people should know. If, if you're just always anxious um, and you're not sure why, or, or if, you, if you sort of have a sense that there are like bad beings around you, there, there is help. There are, there are ways you can learn to manage, control it, and basically protect yourself, right? Absolutely. So the light is an incredible tool and resource. So it's just visualizing yourself and white light is very powerful. And then angels honor our free will. So just asking for their help and specifically for clearing and protection from these kind of darker gray beings. Archangel Michael is amazing. So I work a lot with him directly and all you have to do is mentally ask for his help. And what I like to ask is, you know, Archangel Michael, please take any beings that are not of the light and take them into the light and permanently away from me into the light or back to wherever it is that they belong. And, and using the word permanent is something that um, I learned kind of the hard way. At first I would ask for them to be cleared and then they'd come right back. And I, oh, yeah. you know, that we have to say, <laughs> no, we have to be really clear. <laughs> they had a loophole exactly. there, right? Yeah. But that's beautiful. Yeah. That's So that's what people can do. I mean, what personally, what I've learned to do is to surround myself with white light and yeah. 
I don't even have to do it anymore. Now it's always there. But I think it's a good thing for everyone to do because, you know, we're we're in a scary world. There are a lot of negative entities around us. I, as as people who've listened to me for a while know, I only like happy stuff and right. fun of dying and so on. But that, but you know, we can't deny reality. And reality is there's this is we're we're in a very scary neighborhood. But you can totally protect yourself by being in the light. And it, all you need to do is imagine the light surrounding you. I I used to imagine it starting from the top of my head and flowing over my body, almost like water, down to my feet. I don't need to do that now. It's like always there. Does that make sense? I mean, is that what other people do? (laughs) Yeah, I think that makes sense. And um, the analogy I give to people when I'm trying to explain this is, uh, these dark beings, or, or sometimes they're kind of gray versus, you know, completely dark, I would describe as being like weeds in a garden. And what we have yes! to do is just sort of cultivate our garden and put, you know, plants of flowers and, you know, vegetables and fruits or whatever it is, trees that we want. And we have to cultivate that. And then just like if you were to inherit a patch of land, there would be quite a few weeds in the beginning. But as you weed it out, they become less and less. So I think that's what you're talking about is you don't even have to focus on it. And, and it's a lot like that for me now, too. It's just now that I've learned to do that and just kind of maintain as I go, it's just there aren't a lot of these, you know, beings around in general. I thought that was a beautiful analogy. You know, that basically the, the ground is lying there. I mean, anyone walking around is that ground. And if you don't fill it with flowers, vegetables, the positive things, um, the weeds will grow up. Mm-hmm. And um, they that I thought that was really beautiful because I never thought of it that way, but it it's very very true. We can take absolute control of our own psyches, of our own spiritual persona. We can take complete control of it, but if we don't, others may. So um, that's why it's so pos- It's so important to do all the positive stuff. Yeah, and and you know these things are just kind of around and just they're you know subsisting however they are and and as we release them, um, you know eventually less and less will come around. So it is a process. And one thing I wanted to mention, which was kind of popping in psychically earlier, is if you have a lot of negative thoughts about yourself or others, um, then it's likely that you have some of these beings around. So um, you know most people are at least somewhat telepathic meaning they get information through their thoughts. And that was a huge light bulb moment that I had when I was learning about all this stuff is that my thoughts are not my thoughts or they're not my thoughts alone, I should say, meaning that I I realized that most of the what I thought were quote unquote thoughts were actually information that I was picking up psychically from other people, their beings, etc. And so if you have thoughts that are not positive, I've really gotten the message that really most people have very positive thoughts on their own. And if you're receiving that, um, then it's probably a, a being or something that you're picking up on. And same thing, just ask Archangel Michael and the angels to clear any beings as well as those thought patterns away from you. All right, very good advice. Just just be aware you do have control over it. I think that knowing that you yeah. can do something about it, and there are yeah. people who can help you if you, do, if you don't feel able to do it on your own, that's a very powerful fact. So thank you for sharing that. Sure. Now, you, you, you ended up when you were around 30 years old, kind of in a dark night of the soul situation. Um, and then you had, it turned around. Could you talk about that part of your life? 
Yeah. So, you know, when I was in college, um, my abilities got really strong. And I, I, as I mentioned, I didn't really have the tools or teachers in my life at that time. So I blocked it out. And essentially, I blocked out the light tube. It was kind of like, oh, I'm seeing dark stuff. So why don't I just blind myself? Yeah. What I'm not doing. And so I I cut off um, the light guides. I cut off, um, you know, the the dark beings in terms of actually, you know, seeing and sensing that they were there directly. And I also cut off my own intuition and uh, fast forward many years and I uh, married a man that created an extreme learning experience for me. I became physically ill um, and it all kind of came to a peak at the start of the recession in December of 08 um, when I learned some bad things that were happening in my marriage, when my contract position um, at University of Washington ended and I was then unemployed. Um, I had these physical uh, issues and illness going on. And so it was just like every part of my life was a mess. I, I, I really felt hopeless at that time because I, you know, I didn't have money. I, uh, there were no job prospects. Um, I was in this bad situation with my ex-husband. I was physically sick and I just felt so much anxiety and hopelessness. And yeah, yeah, it was, it was definitely, as you described, a dark night of the soul. And uh, a couple things happened. I, I went to, uh, a psychic myself, actually, and I just because I was just such, at such a loss for how to move forward and what to do. And of course, even though I hadn't told her that I'd had these abilities and, you know, these things that I'd grown up with, she explained to me that when I shut out uh, my abilities, I shut out what I needed to know, which made sense. She encouraged oh. me to call on the angels, which I did. And I had this incredible angelic visitation experience shortly thereafter. And what that did is it just confirmed for me that no matter what, I wasn't alone and it was going to be okay. And, and, and I started to really pay attention and, and set that intention to open it back up, started taking classes and learning about all this stuff instead of just trying to shove it out of my life. All right. Someone, someone, in fact, I'm worried more than one person is listening and driving and say, wait a minute, she had this amazing, extraordinary experience. What was the experience? So let's talk about that in a little more detail. Sure. So I was suffering at that time um, from just a lack of ability to sleep. I was on sleeping pills and so it was a real struggle. And I had one day was um, taking a nap or trying to take a nap and I wasn't dreaming. I think it's important to state that, but it was in that kind of in-between sleep and awake state. And that's when we're, we're really able to access you know, the other side, um, very strongly. And so it was in that state that I had this visitation and I was just essentially surrounded by angels. And I, in in this case, I didn't see them, but rather I felt their presence and I heard them. It sounded like thousands of angel wings beating and it wasn't just a sound, but yeah, it was, it was really incredible. And I've, to my, in my whole life, I've only experienced this that one time. Um, and it wasn't just the sound, but I could, I could feel the vibration, like this incredible kind of humming vibration all around me. And then with that was an incredible outpouring of love, like the strongest love I think maybe I've ever felt. And I don't know how long it lasted. It felt like it just went on and on, but then it did subside and I woke up and, and from that point on, it was just never the same. Meaning I, I knew that I wasn't alone. I knew that they were there and it allowed me to proceed and move forward and some making some massive changes in my life and living my life uh, very much on faith in a lot of ways um, because I knew that they were there and I knew that the guidance that I was getting from them 
um, was for a reason. And, and I, uh, even though I still experienced some fear and worry, it helped me to just move past some of that to make the changes that I needed to make in my life. I think most people have had, by the time they're even, I mean, that was extraordinary. And, and, but most people have had some inexplicable um, experience, um, otherworldly experience by the time, you know, they're past the middle of their lives. I hear from so many people who say, I've never told anybody this, but don't you, don't you get the sense that, that we're, we're so, we're living in it right in the midst of spirit. And many of us notice that and they, and extraordinary things happen to us. Oh, completely. I mean, doing what I do and being so open about it, I have people say, I've never told anyone this, but yes! blah, blah, blah. like <laughs> yes! all the time. I'm sure you're experiencing it. Yes! Too. And I just really encourage people to talk more about this because it is, I think, actually almost completely universal. I mean, there's some people that are very skeptical and kind of shut down and, and they don't experience as much. But for most people, they are experiencing this. And the more that people talk about it and are honest, um, the more it allows for that energy in and also the more comfortable it makes people to be open about their own experiences. And I think that's great because in a way it's kind of like uh, lying or, or not being honest with everyone when we don't, uh, you know, forthcome about these sorts of things. It can be hard to talk about it because no, they don't want, they know it was real. That That's yeah. the thing. I mean, I, my, I had mine at eight and at 20 and I absolutely knew they were real, but I knew nobody would believe it. And so, yeah. but, but if, if there's someone you trust and love, maybe confide in that, that person. Um, if you can, because it does help when, when people finally hear the story, my experience with, with many of the people that I work, that I, you know, sort of know, I mean, I don't, I don't do any of this for a living, but I, but I do hear from a lot of people and they will tell me that it helps if you talk with someone. And certainly eventually when I finally told what had happened to me 40 years later, 30 years later, it helped a lot. You know, you're, you're not so alone. Absolutely. And I think sometimes what drives people to keep that to themselves is fear. And a lot of yes. times it's, it's unfounded. So for me, one of the biggest, uh, you know, challenging things that I had to do was what I described as coming out of the psychic closet. Yes. Meaning, oh, you know, yes. The, yes. the telling of people of, oh, yeah, this, you know, I am psychic. I do experience these things. And, um, you know, my master's is in political science. I worked for years in, oh. <laughs> pres in you know, higher education, um, in politics and government. And so that is such, you know, outside yes. of the box for, for this world. <laughs> um, and, and I had so much fear about telling people, but actually what I experienced when I started talking about it was a lot of support and curiosity. So, you know, my fear was that people would criticize me, say I was crazy and reject me. And my experience was actually quite the opposite. So I would encourage people to be open and, and maybe find somewhere where they do feel safe and comfortable to say it at first, the first time. But then don't be surprised if actually once you start to talk about it, it you're actually welcomed and not, you know, rejected or criticized. I had a similar experience. I'm an attorney. I'm a business attorney. Oh my god! That, that was that. my that was my career. And so when, when the fun of dying was coming out, I had to come out to people, a lot of people who never had known I did afterlife research or any of this. And there were two reactions. Some people were delighted, and they, they you know they're still my friends to this day. We talk about all this stuff and so on. 
Others would say, oh, how interesting. Well, now about this paragraph, they just didn't want to hear it. They just ignored it. it went, but, but at least I had told them, you know. Yeah. Um, but nobody, I, I expected to be dismissed by some clients, but n- none of them did. Um, they, they wanted me to do the work. They just weren't sure that they wanted to know any more about me than they already knew. <laughs> right. But but it's liberating, though, to tell people this about yourself. I've got to, gone to the other extreme, Laura. I don't know if you have, but, I mean, my life is an open book. I mean, yeah. it's, it's totally open because I think the experience you're having in this life and the experience I'm having are useful to other people who would like to become more open spiritually, would like to to step into the, the, the new reality that is beginning to dawn all around us. We all know it. We all feel it and it, it it's it's liberating if people who are there already or are close to there will say hey come on in the water's fine it's okay to talk about this stuff yeah i completely agree i think it's shifting a lot in terms of the world and the more open people are uh, the more openness there is other concepts that I think are going to help humanity as well, you know, to diversity and just love for the sake of love. I think judgment as a whole, you know, can be quite a dark emotion. And so um, when we uh, don't judge ourselves and and we connect with others who aren't judging us, it just brings more and more of this kind of light energy in. Yes. I I think it's, I think this is a wonderful time um, in part because so many people are discovering that when they expose who they are, other people will then expose who they are. And suddenly we're all open to one another and we find that we are not that different. We're all the same. We have the same yearnings, the same needs, the same desires, and we can help one another get over the same fears. So it's just a wonderful time to be alive. Yeah, I I agree. And, uh, you know, a lot of people who have these abilities um, have had them in other lives. I have found through my work that it does run through on a soul level. So you do get it genetically, you know, in terms of on a body level, but it also comes through your soul. And so there's a lot of people who have these abilities had in past lives. And in my case, like I have been burned as a witch, uh, you know, more than once. Um, Talk about that. How do you know that? Because you have um, it in your book. Yeah. Past life flashes and also just just a deep knowing of it, um, but yeah, I've always had um, uh, a, you know just a really strong reaction to that that idea of you know the fire and the the feeling of being burned, and yeah, it's it's just something that I know on a deep level. But wow. that was a, a lot of my fear of coming forward was because of, you know, yeah. doing that in past lives and it not, right. you know, and yeah. not turning out so end well. well. So, right. Yeah. So we're very, you know, blessed, I think, to be living in this time now and, and place, because it does vary depending on where you are in the world. But if you're listening to this, you're likely, you know, um, in the United States or Canada, or maybe Europe. And, uh, you know, in those places, um, it is safe to come out with this. Um, yes. And that's very lucky that we're having that. Very lucky, wonderful time to be alive on so many levels. But okay, let's but let's talk about what you do because um, you sort of do a lot of things. Talk about your company first, Healing Powers. Um, why healing? Yeah, so I started my company because of this healing journey that I went on. And, and when I say healing, I mean you know on all levels, so kind of emotionally, 
physically and spiritually. And me opening up my psychic gifts uh, happened concurrently as me healing my body. And I think that they are very connected. So my podcast, for example, Healing Powers podcast, we talk about all areas of that. So we go into, you know, very deep into very psychic kind of spiritual stuff. And then we also go into nitty gritty, you know, health stuff. And because I feel that they're connected. And you yes. know, if you have a messed up gut and brain, and there's a huge gut brain connection, by the way, in terms of health, then you're probably going to have a hard time accessing your own intuition and connecting with your guides because the mechanisms in your body that allow you to do that are not working very well. So I think it's important to look at both. And I, and I did them concurrently. And when I started my company, my podcast, to be honest, I didn't know I was going to be working as a psychic. I just had got on this incredible healing journey and I wanted to share that information with people. So I started the company um, and I was still learning to access my own gifts. And I started sharing information about healing and different practitioners and other psychics and at that time, I started to unfold and you know, develop my own gifts, and it became clear that a big part of my path and purpose involved doing this work myself. Wow. So, I mean, we, we, we've interviewed a number of healers on Seek Reality, um, whether um, psychic healers, uh, you know, healers by touch, all kinds of healers. Talk about how you would heal someone. So, someone comes to you and they have... Um, I, I, what, are, what, are, what would you work on? Um, they have digestive issues, did you say? Or what, what kind of thing would people have and come to you for help? Oh, all kinds of stuff. So what I am not a, a medical medium per se, but I do look at blocked energy and I do get some information on, you know, what's going on in the body. So I, first thing I'll look and see, you know, where are the energy blocks that I see in the body and then what's going on both on a physical level as well as spiritually. So there are likely to be suggested changes from the guides in terms of, you know, foods to eat or not eat, um, you know, lifestyle changes and that sort of thing. But then I'm also going to look at and make recommendations on, you know, what are the, the maybe emotional and spiritual things that are uh, contributing to those illnesses as well. So, you know, um, maybe you have thyroid issues and there are some things that you need to do with that, but maybe it's also about learning to use your own voice and speaking your truth. And maybe you need to write a book or sing or something, you know, so that's, oh. that's an example of, you know, some things that might come up. So it's, it's usually a real combination of, of, you know, how to look at this and treat it physically as well as whatever are the sort of emotional and physical blocks that need to be addressed in order for true and complete healing to occur. And so people would, would, um, I'm, I'm assuming you do this online because are you located, you're located on the West Coast, right? So I travel nearly full time, typically between four to eight cities in a month. So I, oh my um, goodness, yeah. So oh, how do you do that all the time? I love to travel, so it's it's definitely not for everyone, but I love it. But so I, I have a home base in Colorado. I'm in California and Los Angeles a lot. I used to live there. Now I just travel back and forth. Um, and yeah, I just go all over the place uh, to see uh, teach classes, see clients in person. You you know, wherever I am on location and then wherever I am, I'm also seeing my phone and video clients. So wherever you are in the world, you know, I have clients all over. Uh, most of the people that I'm connecting with for sessions are going to be over the phone or video. Um, but I do teach, um, you know, classes in person. Um, and I find that's a great way to, uh, you know, meet people and connect. And I do love teaching. So I enjoy that as well. Wow, it sounds as if you have a very exciting life, but an exhausting one. I did some traveling, and I'm off the road now. 
Yeah, no, it's it's interesting because traveling is both like energizing and kind of tiring. So it's, it's always yeah, a balance of it. Really but I, I love it. And I love, you know, just the synchronicities that occur and the different people that I meet. And um, I think I've had many lives all over the world. So it's always nice to come and revisit <laughs> some of the places that I've been before, too. <laughs> well, I, my head is off to you for sure. <laughs> Tell us a little about your book. It's called Angels, How to Understand, Recognize, and Receive Their Guidance. Yeah, so I wrote that book because I uh, was really driven to share information about angels, you know, what they're there for, how to connect with them, and how to ask for help. Um, I, my understanding after doing all this work with angels is that they're constantly reaching out, sharing information. But most people, unless they've actively learned about this stuff, are just missing those communications, meaning they don't, they don't hear them. They don't see the signs that angels are sending them. So I wrote this book to just make it clear and easy for people to receive that understanding and start a, a direct line of communication and conversation with their angels to help them shift their life. So the whole goal is to receive this communication out for help so that you can change things in your life in a positive way. Oh, well, that sounds very positive. And, and uh, we'll talk about your TV program. You, know, you really do have a TV program in development? Yeah. So uh, I, as we've discussed, uh, I'm a big traveler. And yes. <laughs> I've, I've appeared on, on many different television shows, but one particular show is called The Jet Set um, television show. And I've been on there, uh, several times to talk about my work and travel. And essentially it's, it's with the same network as that show. We've already shot the pilot episode and got feedback on it and we're planning the remainder of the episode. So this show will be about my work and travel. So meaning wherever I go, you know, it could be, maybe I'm teaching a workshop in a place. It could be, you know, something about the haunted history of a place, um, and then featuring that particular location that I'm in as well. Where, where will it be and when couldn't people see it? Well, we're working out final details on the schedule, but it'll be coming out, I would say, uh, late fall into early spring will be season one. And um, it, the, the um, distribution is, it's a nationally syndicated show, so it will be uh, on different networks in different cities. So on, you know, some um, city it might be on CBS and another city it might be on NBC or whatever, depending on the oh, distribution right. agreements on that, in that particular location. So if people want to learn more or stay tuned with that, they can always sign up for my newsletter, which is on my website, healingpowers.net, and then they can just stay tuned for updates on that as it as they come out and and the timing we're talking about is the the late fall of of 19 and the yeah. the, the winter spring of 2020 so um, right. if you're if, if you're listening to us then or later i mean you might yeah. want to check this out um, <laughs> <That's right. laughs> it's so much fun to do this work and to be able to do these things all these experiences that you're having um, are are very i understand that it's work but how enjoyable that you're having all these experiences Oh, I feel very blessed and, uh, you know, lucky and thank the guides um, and the universe all the time for my life because I do, I, I have a really incredible life. I do, you know, work hard when I connect with people, but I am able to travel all these different places, meet amazing people. And one of my favorite things, though, is really to see other people's lives transform. So, because I've been doing this work now um, for about eight years and 
I've seen incredible transformations happen with my clients because I work a lot with clients regularly for, you know, long term. And so that's really magical. Like whatever it is that I've created, I really want people to understand that they can create that too. You know, that everyone has access to have what can really be like a dream life. So it's not going to be traveling as much for everyone. That's what I love. Um, but whatever it is that you, you know, desire and want for yourself that you can create that here, it is possible. I, I think that that's a very important point because many people feel frustrated. They, they have dreams and they can be dreams to help other people. So they're altruistic dreams and they don't know how to accomplish them. So what would you say to them? I mean, isn't envisioning what it is and, and making yourself open and offering yourself to God, to the spirits, isn't that a good way to start to, to begin to realize these dreams? Yeah, I think, um, and by the way, I have a book called Angels and Manifesting, which is all about how to bring in, you know, specifically the things that you want to create in your life in. Um, but I think the first step is getting clarity on what you want. And uh, one of the challenges I see for a lot of people is, is they, um, they kind of edit their dreams, meaning what they really want, they don't truly even acknowledge maybe to themselves. <laughs> and because it's too kind of, big? Is that why or why? I think it's too big and maybe they feel like it's not okay to want what they want or maybe it won't be accepted by certain people. Um, so, you know, they try to make themselves smaller to make it feel a little bit more acceptable either for themselves or others. Oh, that's you sad. Know. Yeah, I think, but it's very, very common. So I think the first thing is just be, gosh, just really put it out there. Be um, honest with your vision for yourself. Ask your angels and spirit guides for assistance and guidance. Pay attention to signs and messages and your own internal promptings. And then, and that, I think this is some of the hardest work is to release anything that's not aligned with where you want to go. So, you know, addictions, um, unhealthy patterns or situations or environments, you know, sometimes there are things that aren't aligned with whatever it is that we're wanting to bring in. And that's where a lot of the, the real work has to happen is doing clearing and releasing of that in order to allow for that, you know, big vision for yourself to come in. That is such an important point. I mean, if you're allowing yourself to be weighed down in your life by negativity and yeah. by things that take up your take up your mind, take up your time, um, lessen your ability to do and be who uh, everything that you are. You're going to make it much more likely that you'll ever be able to achieve any kind of dream. Um, I think that's. I tell people that, but they don't listen to me. But maybe they will listen to you. I think it's <laughs> very important to open yourself and clean yourself and make yourself available. My experience has been, and not just in my life, but in in many people's lives that I know, that if you make yourself available to God, you will be used by God. And the ideas that God will have, and not just when I say God, I mean all your guides, your angels, everyone. The ideas that, that those not in bodies will have for your life are even bigger than those you have for your life. That's been my experience. Absolutely. The messages that we get to be small or that we're powerless, those are not from God and those are not true. In fact, one person has the power to change the world in ways that I think it's still probably even hard for us to comprehend. So whatever limiting beliefs you have about you, your own power, what's what's possible for you, just know that they're not true. And as you step forward 
with faith and with purpose, it's amazing how miraculous solutions will just appear. And I've had so many examples of this in my own life. I've seen it with clients. You know, it's really about getting out of our own way and um, releasing that fear that is holding us back. Perfectly said. The website is Healing Powers because it's Laura Powers' website. (laughs) And it's healingpowers.net. And there's a lot of information there, and um, there's sort of a uh, – it, it, it will help you begin to understand more what she does. But really, you, 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 do, you offer some varied kinds of help, which is good because we're varied kinds of people. And so um, I recommend people just check it out and see what, if there's something there that resonates with you. I mean, you, you do work with new clients now, right? You're, you're, you're not too busy to do that? No, yeah, I still work with new clients. I love to. I do have clients that I work with regularly that I've been working with for a long time. But no, I see new clients and, you know, teach classes. I also have some online resources that I'd love to share with people. So I have a meditation course, a manifesting course, and I'm actually about to release a course on angels. And that's going to be a great companion to the book that we talked about, angels, how to understand, recognize, and receive their guidance. So these are all uh, available. And then I have um, seven books total. And another book um, that I have coming out uh, later this fall, which is on my work with animals. We didn't really talk about that, but I... Um, through client requests, meaning clients, uh, current clients that were wanting to know uh, and learn more information about animals that they were connected with, either on either side or that were incarnated, I started to work with animals and do more and more of that. Um, and so that's been really fascinating and another aspect that I enjoy as well. So I have a book coming out about that work and, and about that world, just so that people better understand how animals connect with us um, spiritually as well. How exciting. Then we can have you back. So you and I will talk about that and we'll, we'll get together again in the fall. That'll be oh, wonderful. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> so we've come to the end of our time. Thank you so much for being with us. This was a wonderful, um, I think, venture into some areas. We haven't talked about much on Seek Reality, but you're, you've, you've, you're certainly what you're doing is terrific for people. And it's in an area where many people really have very little understanding. So I'm very grateful to you for being here with us finally and we will do this again so please consider yourself hugged my dear oh thank you i feel that and i'm hugging you right back thank you so much for having (laughs) me it's always a pleasure to connect with you (laughs) so everyone please understand never forget be aware of the fact that this is seek reality all we're trying to do here is understand what the truth is and because it's a huge truth sometimes uh, we have to understand the fact that there are many approaches to it Laura's approach is I think a very very good one there we've had other people share things with you that that were different from what she's doing but that doesn't mean one of them is right and one of them is wrong all of them are right there are many many paths to spiritual growth and I'm just excited to be able to help you meet some of the best people doing this work. Again, this has been Seek Reality with Roberta Grimes. Please never forget that you, are, in particular, are a powerful, eternal being. You never begin. You never will end. And when you really get what that means, my experience has been it changes everything in your life for the better. With everybody begins to understand that this isn't just life sucks and you die, which is how many people live their lives, when, when they understand that it affects, it's impossible to die. 
your mind is a turtle. When you really get that, the whole world will change. So one of the things that we are trying to do is make it easier for people to finally, finally get that fact. As many people as possible. And it's very exciting, frankly, to see how quickly things are changing. Thanks and you know, to, to Laura Powers and to a lot of people who are giving their lives to this work. Next week, we're going to talk for the second time with David Allison. David's son, Davy Allison, died in a car crash three years ago, and he was only 24. And David's book is called Finding Davy. It shares the really the amazing events that surrounded Davy's death and came after it. But if that's all that we had to talk about, we've already talked about that. Um, David Allison did what you, I'm sure was meant by, by his son and by, by his, their guides to, to, to happen. He turned this into a powerful tool for positive growth by helping other parents. He helps, he mentors, he assists other newly bereaved parents who have just lost their children. He does it through helping parents heal and he does it other ways. He's working now on ever better methods for communicating with Davy and he's coming back specifically to share what some of the things that he's doing. I, I think this guy is just delightful, and I think you're going to really enjoy um, hearing from him next week. And if you're interested in communicating in a better way with the people that you have temporarily watched go behind the curtain until you can join them, um, I think you'll be interested to hear what he has to say about communication. David Allison is a beautiful and life-affirming man, and I, I think he's wonderful. So please join us next week. This week we've been talking with the noted medium Laura Powers, and she's a celebrity psychic who apparently is a jet setter too. I didn't understand that. But uh, I really enjoy hearing people like Laura who have uh, overcome, try, she overcame a very difficult childhood, which we didn't much talk about, and she has overcome um, a difficult marriage, a whole lot of things, and now she's turned her life into something that really helps other people, which to me is beautiful. Her book that, apparently she has several, but the book that we've talked about a little bit is Angels, How to Understand, Recognize, and Receive Their Guidance. Um, and if, if in hearing Laura's story, you might be wondering whether you might also be being called to do some wonderful life-affirming work of your own, you know, you can always email me through the contact block on robertagrimes.com and I'll point you in a direction. Or go to laurapowers.net and see if Laura can help you. There are so many people who can help you find your own role. This is such an exciting time. And we're coming really to the end of our time. So you know what my books are. You know how to find me. Um, there's a, a Seek Reality app. There are so many things um, that I can do to help you if you have any need for help. Contact me through robertagrimes.com. Um, I answer every email, and uh, provided you give me your right email address, that's kind of important. And uh, just, just always uh, be aware that uh, there is help. There are people who want to help you. And that um, since you are a powerful, eternal being, you deserve. And this is something many people don't realize. You really deserve the most help anyone can possibly give you. There's nothing that is too big for you. As Laura Powers pointed out, no dream is too big. You just have to make yourself ready for the dream and then really dream it and you can make it happen in your own life. So this is, as I say, such a very exciting time to be alive and we will be doing this again next week. Um, oh, one more thing I always want to talk to you about. 
come and read my blog post on Sunday if you're interested in learning a little more about some of these things. We have lively discussions now in the comments section of my blog. And uh, the things that we're talking about there, we can go into a little more deeply. And it's just you and me. So, um, And, of course, the other commenters. But it can be just you and me. So if you're interested in the things we talk about, then what? Join us for, for my blog post, too. Why don't you try that? But meanwhile, this has been Seek Reality with Roberta Grimes. Please enjoy and make the most of this coming week in our one reality. Never forgetting, always knowing that you are a powerful, eternal being. You in particular, you most of all, are infinitely loved. You've been listening to Seek Reality with Roberta Grimes. Roberta blogs and answers questions at robertagrimes.com. Join us every week as we explore what the afterlife evidence and modern science combine to tell us is true about the one reality we all share. Knowing the truth changes everything.